freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to episode number 135 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our theme today is about time. And there's a new article, a, a new episode, a new issue of Time Magazine that has just been released for November of 2018. And it's titled Guns in America. And my personal challenge to you is to take a moment, either pick up the magazine or go to their website, time.com, and take a look at the cover. It is a mural of 245 Americans from the entire spectrum of the, the gun rights debate, the pro, the anti, the, the somewhere in the middle. And my personal challenge to you is to engage your children in listening to the individual interviews from all of those people. Talk about it around your dinner table. Talk about it in the next long car ride because they, your children and your children's children, are our future voters and leaders and we must engage them in teaching them how to think critically, separate emotion from logic, know our country's unique history, and understand why we have documents like the Constitution and the Bill of Rights that define and protect our rights. Make this a part of your habit today because in a blink, those little ones are going to be grown and making decisions that impact the entire world our rights and values are only one generation away from extinction, and you and I must do our part to pass those batons along in each and every swiftly passing day, because in the end, everything really is about time. All right, well, our next guest, Jeremy Griffin, he's the owner of Drop Zone Gunner and co-owner of Grizzly Targets. Grizzly Target specializes in reactive steel shooting targets and training equipment, while Drop Zone Gunner is an industry-changing event that combines large obstacle course racing with live-fire AR-15 shooting competition. Holy cow, yep, does that yep. sound like a blast. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. How are you doing? So good, so good. So excited to have you on finally. We've been talking about trying to line up our schedules yep. for over a year now, I think. So this is great. So talk to us about, you know, the changes that you've been seeing in the industry <clears throat> since you, you got into this whole crazy world of, you know, Second Amendment rights and, and the gun industry, in, in air quotes. Well, I think that... Um I think that with, with Grizzly, what we're trying to do is, you know, we've got a motto at Grizzly, and it's to make the industry more fun, more active, and more inclusive, mm -hmm. right? And that's really what we're trying to do. And 
things change. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. You know, things change. And Mm -hmm. if you look at Grizzly right now, you've got me, Danny, Sean, Lee, Cody, and we're all, you know, mid-20s to late. I'm the oldest, late 30s, right? Mm -hmm. And we're starting to our generation is kind of up and coming in the industry at this point. Absolutely. And, you know, as far as, you know, like what we're all about, I mean, we're what you would expect, right? We all grew up listening to, you know, grunge, rock, metal, hip hop, all that (laughs) stuff. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got tats over here, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So things change no matter what industry you're in. And that's definitely happening, happening in ours. I just, kind of look at it and I don't see a whole lot of effort a lot of times if you will to kind of really to kind of really resonate and there there's examples of it but what we're doing with Grizzly is like I said trying to make the industry more active more fun and more inclusive mm-hmm. and that kind of leads us straight into you know what we're doing with the event stuff coming up and how we're trying to promote it for 2019 and and things like that. So I, I think anytime you've got a group of people or an industry or whatever, a cause or whatever that's that's constantly under attack, mm. it's very natural to become deven- defensive mm-hmm. and close ranks. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I think that I think that our industry needs somebody to get out in front of that mm-hmm. and do things a little bit differently. And I'm not saying that the way everybody else is doing it is wrong. I just see that there is an opportunity there for somebody to to come in with with that kind of a mindset, and you know that was kind of the premise in which we launched that Drop Zone Gunner event, and it worked. I love right? it. So I so. want to talk about that next. So is do I have the right idea in my mind when I think about it? Kind of like a three gun competition on steroids, or <laughs> it's yeah, it's basically. I mean, it's it is crazy, and it sounds crazy. Uh, it was meant to be crazy. Uh, the actual operational of it, uh, operations of it, it's actually very, very safe. Nobody's running with any uh, firearms whatsoever. Okay. Right? All the firearms are staged. Okay. So for the sponsors, the sponsors like it for whether it's firearms, backpacks, or whatever, because all their stuff is in use. Mm-hmm. You're actually getting a lot of product placement in all these events. So uh, that's basically what it is. It's an obstacle course with, you know, pistols, shotguns, and rifles staggered throughout it. And in a nutshell, you, you people run five at a time. You start off, you get going, go over some obstacles, run into the first shooting bay. You've got benches there. ROs are waiting for you, okay? Mm-hmm. And you run up to the appropriate spot, pick up the firearm, drop your targets, set the gun back down, get back on the obstacle course. It's a mass market event that mm-hmm. we made. Mm-hmm. And it was meant to appeal to a wide variety of people. It was meant to appeal to millennial generation, definitely. Mm-hmm. And we, for all intents and purposes, and I don't mind saying at this point because we're putting our 2019 tour together, we crushed it out of the park with that. I have never seen that much of a diverse, happy crowd at an event in our industry like that before. I love it. I mean, check. listen, check this out. I mean, Fifteen percent of the people that came to compete in that mm-hmm. had never shot a gun before. Oh wow! Right, that's how much we widened the audience. Wow! Now you got some people that are like, "Oh well, I don't know." Well, you got people that are never and like, they're just 
it's it's heavily monitored and all the guns are staged and not right. loading or anything. So it's really, really safe. But think about that. That's incredible because that we're always talking about outreach, right? Yes. How do we reach people that would otherwise not have any yes. familiarity or reason or opportunity to interact with firearms? How That was brilliant. I just absolutely love that you told me that. And you are so good at not only marketing, but also kind of sniffing out what's missing. You know, what? Yeah. where's the void? How can I fill yep. that void? And uh, I, I'm just so excited. I can't wait until I can see one of these in person. Now, you've got uh, your 29... 29- well, where, where are you guys? You guys are out in Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're in the west side of Phoenix. There Do you is, have something yeah, coming in about Arizona? An 80%, yeah, there's about an 80% chance that we'll be there uh, this upcoming September or October. So oh, that's the perfect time, later yeah. October, because yep. it can still be pretty spicy hot yeah. here. In, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, lived in, I lived in Phoenix, but when I was growing up, I was flipping houses and stuff like that. And I lived in Phoenix on uh, East Thomas oh, yeah. for one winter. We went out there and, and worked and whatnot. Yeah, so I, I've, I've been out there a little bit. You're right. It, it gets very hot in the summer. It does, and it stays for a while into the fall. We're having a nice October this year. But, hey, we're there almost out of time. Tell folks before we go. How do they follow all of the things? Because you wear hats that we didn't even get a chance to talk about. So how do people gotcha. follow all the work so, that you do? So we've got a lot of stuff coming up. And if you just want to follow along with it, just go to the Grizzly Targets Facebook page or the Drop Zone Gunner Facebook page. Okay, Everything's usually kind of centered around those two things. But I do want to say if you are running a company, especially a small company, and you're looking for some exposure, with the event circuit that we're putting together in 2019, which is probably going to be about 15 events, different types of events all over the country. We've got opportunities for everybody. Mm -hmm. And we've got a lot of distribution set up with these. So if you are running a a big company, small company, whatever, you want to get in on a few of these things, please hit me up. Uh, Anybody who's interested in that, email me, Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, at grizzlytargets.com, or just call over here to the shop and, uh, you know, send over the information and see what you think. I love it. And uh, last year, you and I worked together during SHOT Show. We we set up just a Facebook Live, just an impromptu kind of thing. And we said, hey, anybody out there that wants to just kind of promote their small business, their small something that relates to the SHOT Show, on uh, the firearms industry, stop on by. It worked out just beautifully. I absolutely loved it. I'm hoping that maybe we're thinking about doing that again this year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it depends if the idea. flamingo would like to have us back or not. But I'm sure that they probably will. If not, so. we'll find a spot, right? So, <laughs> all right, go. sir. Well, thank you again so much for all you do, and uh, you got it. we will have everybody checking out Grizzly Targets. Thank you again, Jeremy Griffin. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Bye-bye. All right, stick around. We still have Mike Deddy up after these messages. Mike Deddy just authored a new book titled Operation Wide Receiver, an informant's struggle to expose the corruption and deceit that led to Operation Fast and Furious. What are all these words? Stick around and find out. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. 
And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun for Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our next guest uh, wears a lot of hats. He's an accomplished guy, and we're excited to have a chance to bring him on the show. Mike Deddy. Now, he is a former Marine. Thank you for your service, sir. A competitive shooter, a writer for gun magazines, for law enforcement, and military journals. And he is the author of the new book titled Operation Wide Receiver, an informant's struggle to expose the corruption and deceit that led to Operation Fast and Furious. Welcome to the show, Mike. Well, hi, Cheryl. Thanks for having me. Hi, Mike. This is Dan. Thanks for being on the show. Mike. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a great day. Hey, why did you write the book? Well, the the book for me was payback. Uh, That's the long and short of it. Uh, payback for for risking my life and and being thrown under the bus and uh, basically uh, the government's attempt to to have me silenced because I could I was one person who could speak the truth about something they didn't want the rest of our country to know about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when I'm reading this intro and I'm saying Operation Wide Receiver, I'm saying Operation Fast and Furious. You know, these wash over people, I think, who aren't in the the Second Amendment community and the firearms industry, and they hear Fast and Furious and they think, oh, that's a movie, right? I, I've seen that movie. Right. They hear Wide Receiver, they think football. It takes a couple of 
um, extra attempts, I think, to, to help people understand what we are even talking about. And, you know, then we throw the words corruption and deceit in there and, and, and people just get like, you know, I, I don't know, that's, that's all too big for me. You know, I, I trust the government and, and they don't quite know what to do with all of these words that I'm, I'm throwing out there in the airwaves. Could you help just kind of break those things down and help us understand what are we even talking about? Sure. And, you know, I used to be one of those people that uh, I would just shake my head at, at, at folks I called the tin hat community or yes. the, you know, the government conspiracy. Yes, people. exactly. That's, That's what, what we sound like. Yeah. You know, um, very conservative guy and, and always a, a great supporter of my country and even its government at times. But what, what was involved in Fast and Furious and, and its predecessor, Operation Wide Receiver, was an attempt by our government to put as many guns as possible into Mexico. And uh, that's an outrageous claim to make, but uh, if anybody can make it, it's me. And the purpose of that was to have as many of those guns show up at Mexican crime scenes so that the, uh, the government here in the United States could have something to point at and say, see, mm. we need to bring back this assault weapons ban. Mm. Uh, innocent Mexicans are being killed with American guns. Mm. Now, somebody's going to say, well, Mike, you know, in 2006, when you got started with ATF on Operation Wide Receiver, President Bush was president. And that's true. Um, but there's always a faction of people inside the government that have their own agendas. And for instance, in my case, they knew who the friendly judges were that they could go to to have a wiretap granted. Mm -hmm. They knew who they could go to uh, uh, to get an affirmation on, on their operation, to get funding for the operation and so forth. And they were able to do that and fly under the radar during the Bush administration. Um, during the Obama administration with Fast and Furious, they didn't need to be so careful. In fact, less than two weeks after Obama was inaugurated, Eric Holder came out and said, in regards to gun legislation, we don't need to make any sweeping changes, but we do need to bring back the assault weapons ban because innocent Mexicans are dying at the hands of American guns. Hmm. So, I mean, boy, you talk about tipping your hat uh, to something. That's, that's what Fast and Furious, and that's what Operation Wide Receiver were all about, was just an attempt to put as many guns in Mexico as possible. Well, Mike, the reason why I asked you why you wrote the book is is that reason. I, I was kind of in the middle of that uh, in our shop. We're in Avondale, Arizona, which is kind of close mm -hmm. to the border. And there was a lot of that going on in, in our area of town. And this needs to be brought out because so many people are not aware of what really happened. That a lot of innocent people that were trying to help the government because they thought it was their duty to help them got in trouble because of this. And your book is showing that, and I really appreciate you doing that. Sure. And, you know, I would have been one of those people that, that would have probably been put in prison if I hadn't documented uh, the investigation so well. Right. Um, the notes I kept, uh, the fact that I went out and bought my own digital recorder, so I had digital conversations on my hard drive of not just conversations with the cartel members, but also conversations with ATF agents. And, uh, in fact, at one point in time, someone, I'll let you guess who, uh, <laughs> attempted to corrupt my uh, computer and 
and did, in fact, erase all those files. Uh, fortunately for me, um, I had an external hard drive, and I was able to back up all those files that I lost. Why did so I uh, give them an A for effort, but uh, mm-hmm. a right. D in execution. Why, why would you feel that you needed to do that? I mean, what signs did you have that, hey, something's going on here? With the it, recording, it the, the for cover me. your uh, behind stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't adding up for me. I mean, the, the very initial uh, investigation just dragged on and dragged on. It wasn't but maybe two or three weeks into the investigation that we knew exactly where the guns were going, what cartel uh, we were dealing with, uh, who the lieutenants and, and top people of that cartel were, where they were operating. Uh, so what more do you need? Why do you need to keep sending guns and more guns and more guns? It just wasn't adding up for me. And, of course, you know, ATF does not have a stellar record. I mean, you just look at some of their past accomplishments like uh, Ruby Ridge and Waco and and um, a reputation of having put a heavy hand on people who are attempting to operate a business legally mm-hmm. and their ability to uh, – file charges against somebody who thought they were doing everything legally mm-hmm. and having that person spend their entire life savings trying to defend themselves and stay out of prison. Mm. Uh, so it was with that in mind that, that I knew that I, I probably should document this as well as I could. Well, thank goodness you were, you know, so forward thinking in that way. And it's kind of funny that they wouldn't have realized, I mean, you are a journalist, you know, you, you know, mm-hmm. you you do like to formulate your thoughts, uh, you know, into words, um, on paper and in the digital form. So it's a little comical to me that they they wouldn't have you know considered that um, before they they involved you in this. But it's so, you know, I, I'm not through reading your book yet because I have to take it in little bites because I'm reading along and I can just. I can just see myself or Danny, you know, wanting to help, just wanting to be a patriot, just wanting to be involved in, you know, keeping guns in the hands of, you know, just legal and safe Americans and getting caught up in, you know, that whole idea that, you you know, you're doing the right thing because you're helping the government. And I just, it kind of gets me freaked out and I have to put the book down. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Right. And, you know, reading the book, I mean, anybody that buys that book and reads it, they have an idea of how this is, is, is going to end for me because they've heard, you know, uh, so much on TV about Fast and Furious, not so much about Wide Receiver. But um, Fast and Furious, of course, was was the investigation. They call it investigation. It was more of an operation to uh, uh, to send the guns across, uh, across the border. Um, yeah, I mean, you know ahead of time this isn't going to end well for me when you're reading that book. And things that happened during the investigation, uh, you know, I'd say to myself, I wonder why they're having me do this, or I wonder why this got called off, or why they did this. And in hindsight, you know, after a couple of years of reviewing and learning more, and then, then we had the Office of Inspector General's report uh, on Fast and Furious, which also included... I think the first third of that report had to do with uh, wide receiver to set up the historical uh, point of view on that. Um, Things started to make sense to me. And 
uh, you know, years and years later now, I, I'm mad because mm-hmm. I was used. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what really infuriates me is here they had a guy that was willing to risk everything, and I did, mm-hmm. to help them. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as things looked bad for them, like after Brian Terry was killed and they tried to deny that they had these operations going on, um, what did they do? They they put my name in discovery on some of the people that they've they've had arrested. So oh my now my confidentiality is blown. Right. And there's only one reason that you burn an informant, and that's because you hope somebody rubs them out before they have a chance to talk. Mm. And wow. these people that I used to consider friends and and really trusted with my life burned me in the worst way possible. And there's no forgiving that. There's no going back from that. Mm-mm. Mike, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. And it's because, you know, I feel that all it would have taken is just a little bit and I could have been involved in the same thing you're going through. And I'm so sorry for you to have to go through that. You know, we want to help law enforcement. That uh, An honest business wants to help law enforcement. But now it's like, uh, I don't know if I should because, you know what, I'm just not. I'm just going to just lay low. But they still have serious issues with guns going to Mexico right now. How do we know that Fast and Furious just didn't change their name? Well, we don't know. Uh, you're exactly right on that. In fact, I, I worked at a gun show in Tucson this past weekend, and, and you know, the, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up because I had somebody that, that came and tried to buy a, a gun from me that I knew was an obvious straw purchase. Hmm. And, uh, you know, he'd brought an 86-year-old uncle to do the paperwork yeah. and uh, was trying to tell me that he had wolves on his property in Benson and needed a rifle to take care of him. And he's telling me this as I'm reading the gang tattoos on his neck. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, That's cute. That's so, adorable. Yeah, it, it, you know, did he get a gun from somebody else at the gun show? It's very possible he did. I just don't know. But uh, I don't think we're ever going to be able to, um, you know, how they, they say that the drug problem, the, the drug, drugs come up from Mexico is because of Americans' thirst for drugs. And mm-hmm. it's the same way with guns in Mexico. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. as long as they have a need and feel they have a need to get guns, they're going to come here and get them because they, they're, they're not able to get them in the quantities they want in Mexico. Absolutely. Hey, listen, let's stop right there, run to commercial. And when we come back, I want to talk more about the experience you had that led you to write the book, Operation Wide Receiver, an informant struggle to expose the corruption and deceit that led to Operation Fast and Furious. We're with Mike Deddy. Stick around. More to come. Everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast: long guns, pistols, hunting, military 
military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Pot of Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are chatting with Mike Deddy. Mike is a competitive shooter, a writer for gun magazines, law enforcement and military journals, and the author of the new book, Operation Wide Receiver, an informant struggle to expose the corruption and deceit that led to Operation Fast and Furious. And Mike, thank you so much for being with us. And, you know, we do, like we were saying in the first segment, we sound like the tinfoil hat crowd. We sound like the conspiracy theorists that, you know, there's a a, a rogue government agent behind every shadowy uh corner um but these things were real these things really happened and for all we know there could be a new operation something or other out there that's continuing to purposely uh willingly let guns go into the hands of people that that law enforcement already knows have no legal right to own so that fill in the blank so that, you know, somebody somewhere can show that, you know, guns are bad, that those of us that sell guns are, you know, purposely doing wrong things. I mean, who knows what picture they're trying to paint? Um, take us back to your story. Uh, how did you, just briefly again to remind our, our listeners, how did you get involved in this? And how did you come to have cartel buyers in your living room? <laughs> <laughs> buying firearms. It sounds like a bad movie, doesn't it? Right, and, with the uh, the blessing of the the ATF. Not just the blessing, but the actual encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, and involvement. It's a crazy story. But uh, back in 2006, I was a distributor for uh, both Rock River and DPMS brand of rifles. And for the listeners that don't know, they both companies manufacture AR-15 style rifles. And I was working a gun show at the Phoenix Fairgrounds, and uh, I had a young buyer come up, 
he wanted to buy lowers, AR-15 lowers. Of course, that's the parts that, that, that <clears throat> excuse me, that serialized. So we had to do background check on him, and uh, he ended up taking five lowers. Now, I, I was working with another customer, so I wasn't aware of that uh, uh, purchase until it was over, and the background check went through. And the next day, this, this gentleman came back, and he had bags full of lowers. I mean, I could see him sticking out a bag. Mm. And I said, Did, are you returning those? Did you have a problem with them? And he said, no, I just, I just got these from someone else. I wanted to introduce myself. Do you have any more of these lowers? And I said, no, you wiped me out yesterday. I've got 25 more coming at the end of the month. And he said, I'll take them all. Mm. And that was, of course, a big tip-off to me. And mm-hmm. uh, what it turned out was these, these people were, um, these people, these young gentlemen, <laughs> were buying lowers, and then they were ordering <clears throat> short, you know, 10-inch top-end, AR-15 top-ends off the Internet, putting them together, and then they were taking them across the border at Tijuana. At one point in time, um, driving over to San Diego to deliver the guns got to be too much for them, so they decided to go to a local... I believe it was a mailbox, et cetera, and ship them. And due to their gangish look, mm-hmm. the uh, the gentleman who owned the mailbox, et cetera, uh, decided to take a look inside. He also just happened to be a retired Secret Service agent. <laughs> well, that, that <laughs> helps sniff things out like that. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was the end of, of that one investigation. They shut it down at that point, but not too much later, maybe another six months later, one of the people that was involved in that contacted me. He was living in Tucson then, and he said, I've got some more friends that need guns. And that's when the floodgates really opened. The the people he introduced me to at that point were much better funded and better connected than than the original guys that I dealt with. And through that um, acquaintance, I met more people that worked for different families, uh, non-competing families, that came to me to buy guns. And uh, this just sounds interesting. You know, to this me. was, <laughs> yeah, this was. It was supposed to be basically a three-month investigation, and you know, three years later, we were we were still working at it. And of course, the the whole time, um, I thought that my involvement, what I was doing, was probably the most selfless thing I'd ever done and and that I was being a great patriot by doing this mm-hmm. uh, for law enforcement because they had asked me to. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mind at all at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind it a bit because I felt like this was one way to satisfy what I thought was my patriotic duty. Absolutely. And so you're putting yourself in harm's way, maybe your family in harm's way, You've got, in your living room, you've got undercover ATF agents on one side of the table and, you know, drug cartel people on the other side of the table, and you're playing a part in, in uh, you know, pretending that you're on the side of the drug cartel. And then at the end of this story, you didn't get a medal. You didn't get a, you know, a, a high five from the ATF. You got hung out to dry, and there's a lot of dangerous people out there that knew way too much about you. I mean, this just sounds terrifying. Did you ever have close calls? Are you still afraid now that something, somebody somewhere could um, to, could take revenge on you for your part you played oh, sure, in this? Sure, sure. 
uh, and just to correct one thing you said, there there was never an ATF agent, ex- except for one instance in the house with me. My closest help was usually about 80 yards away. Oh, my god! And it gosh. was an agent li- listening to the conversation through a transmitter. So he that was so old and so bad that it would get too hot and turn itself on, off oh and on. Gosh. It would turn itself off when it got too hot. So close enough so, to come draw the chalk line around your body if things went poorly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but probably not that would close be the enough guy. to help you. Yeah, oh my gosh. That would be the guy. And it's also the, the, the case agent uh, was a guy I, I consider. I thought he was a great guy. I thought he was a good agent. He probably still is a good agent. Um but if I saw him now, I'd spit in his eye mm-hmm. uh, because of what happened to me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, reg- close quality, uh I recount one instance in the book uh, of a guy that brought a, you know, he was well enough connected that he had a bodyguard. Now, the, the actual cartel guy himself, I could pick him up and threw him across the room. But his bodyguard was about six foot five and about 280 pounds and about 15 years younger than me. Mm. And... Uh, uh, one night during one of our transactions, I realized he was standing directly behind me. Mm. And I told the one guy that spoke both English and Spanish, I said, hey, tell this guy to go over there and sit down on the couch. Mm-hmm. I might have used some more explicit language than that. <laughs> and uh, apparently this guy understood enough English that he took exception to it. Mm. And, uh, you know, there was a very awkward 30 seconds where we were looking at each other, and I'm was starting to wonder if this was going to turn into a gunfight. Oh, my gosh. So the next day I was downtown at the uh, at the federal building recounting this because they had listened to it, and they said it sounded like he kind of got in an argument or something. And uh, the resident agent in charge walked up, and he said, Hey, good news. We think we identified the big guy from last night. He's wanted for some murders in Mexico. Oh, good news. That's good news. And he was yeah, standing, wonderful. breathing down my neck. Oh, my gosh, in my house. Yeah. Um, so, so what, you know, what, what he said to me, he said, look, uh, when the moment comes, don't hesitate. Do what you need to do. We'll back you up completely. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's another time that the case agent, much younger guy I was working with and closest to, uh, he came over before one of the buys one night, and he saw my forty five sitting on the dining room table, and he said, are you always armed, Mike? And I said, yeah. And he says, good. He said, keep in mind, you know, we're in our cars outside. It's mm-hmm. going to take us a while to figure out what's going on. And by the time we get to you, the shooting's going to be over. So just make sure we don't see your muzzle when we come through the front door. Mm. And I thought, well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's a, a, I'm pretty a great much, thing to yeah, figure. I'm on my own here, and they might shoot me when they come in the door because they... <laughs> Because oh, I'm still armed. Holy cow. Um, so do you still, and how do you not still feel like there could be danger lurking out there? I mean, from either side, really, well, because they tried to burn yeah, you. They I, tried to clear your, you know, the ATF, the government side tried to clear all your your computer hard drive um, documentation that you had. And then there's the, the other side that, you know, how do you how do you not feel unsafe? Mm-hmm. I do. I, I mean, you know, the, at home, my, my home is my castle, and I have a good security system, and I've got uh, two great big dogs who uh, are, are, are really lovers, but they're great watchdogs. They mm-hmm. alert me when somebody's around the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
course, I, I've got guns. But, you know, the reality is is that I have to leave to go to a grocery store or a doctor's or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if somebody comes after me here at the house, they better pack a lunch because it's going to be a long day. <laughs> but <laughs> right. that being said, I, I have had some late-night visitors. Uh, the last instance I'm aware of was about two years ago, and uh, I have steel security doors. And when the weather's nice, I leave the inside door open so I can get some cross ventilation. And about 2.30 2 at night, I heard the sound of that door turning. Somebody was trying it. Oh my and gosh. by the time I got to the front door, the security light in front of my house went on just in time to see somebody going around the corner. No idea if, if it was connected to this or just mm-hmm. an unlucky house burglar. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? But. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, uh, legitimate people aren't trying somebody's doors at 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, we'll be praying for you because by the grace of God go too many of us. Because, again, you started out wanting to be a patriot. That was your whole purpose for wanting to help. And, and then you end up having your whole life turned upside down. Mike, I really appreciate you sharing that story with us. Thank you very much. Don, I'm glad you guys invited me to be on air with you, and uh, thank you. Thank you for what you guys are doing. Absolutely. And as we go out, could you just please tell folks how they could uh, learn more about you and and buy? You've got more than just one book, and you write in multiple places. How can they follow all the work that you do? Sure. Uh, The magazines I work for, uh, Athlon Outdoor is the publisher, and people will recognize their flagship magazine called uh, combat handguns. And I also write for the NRA. Usually uh, it would be an American Rifleman Dope Bag, which is the, the technical gun reviews towards the back of the magazine. Um, the name of the book is Operation Wide Receiver. Go to Amazon. You'll be able to find it. Uh, if you want to say hi to me, add me as a friend on Facebook. That's Mike Detty, D-E-T-T-Y, in Tucson, Arizona. And also have a, uh, a Facebook site for the book called Guns Across the Border, which was the name of the hardback book, uh, which is now out of print, but Operation Wide Receiver is the paperback version. Fantastic. Thank you again so much. We definitely have to have you back on because there's so much more we could talk about with us. Uh, Mike Deddy, we we appreciate you. I appreciate you, Cheryl. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, stick around. We still have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and... Dan's commentary Um. right after this. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun-buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun-buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun, and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. 
For straight shooting, look to the biggest little gun shop in the West, azfirearms.com, where they have everything you need to be a safe and responsible gun owner. Huge selection and a friendly and knowledgeable staff. They're my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too. And when you go, tell them old Don Collier sent you. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And if you've missed any portion of today's show, please go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content all 134 other episodes we have posted there. And when you want to put a face with a voice, click the Guest tab. We have pictures and bios and links to every single guest we've ever had on. It is a wonderful resource, and we don't hate it when you spend time there. Well, this is the part of the show where we get to celebrate our ordinary, everyday heroes, our responsibly armed citizen report. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense. And 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow we never hear these stories on the network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. In the wake of the 2018 midterm elections, there was discussion of gun rights that took up tremendous amounts of airtime in ad campaigns and political debates. And today's Responsibly Armed Citizen report hits especially hard for both those of us who value our Second Amendment rights to self-defense, as well as for those who would take the tool of personal defense and safety out of the hands of this young mom. Imagine for a moment that you are a young mom. You are home with your three children. There's nothing special about the morning, but the, the cool fall breezes. You know, thankfully, you didn't have your windows and doors open with nothing but a thin mesh screen between you and danger. As you are just rising and getting your morning routine started, you hear someone banging on your front door. Not a gentle, polite knock, but a persistent and angry pounding over and over again. Danger has found his way to your front door. And he is demanding with his fists to get into your home where you are alone with your three children. And when you don't answer, 
danger smashes his way into your door, kicking in the only barrier standing between his evil plans and your children. What would you do? Is there anywhere you can hide that will buy you enough time for the police to arrive? Do you think in his angry tirade that he is just going to, you know, take some valuables and leave? Or does his violence lead you to believe that he has much more on his mind than stealing a television and some silverware? Well, thankfully, whatever plans Danger had for one family in South Carolina, those plans to terrorize, maim, rape, and possibly kill were stopped because this young mom didn't listen to the anti-gun shaming campaigns, and she took decisive and immediate action to stop danger in his tracks and to save herself and her children, because she is a responsibly armed citizen. Norfolk Circle in Anderson County is usually a quiet place, but not early this morning when Ashley Jones heard people outside her home, followed by banging on her front door. You can see him in this home security video. She called 911 and... I went to the side of my bed and I grabbed our gun. Before this mother of three girls knew it, a man was forcing his way inside. Banging again, bang, bang, bang. So then he kicks the door in. As soon as he kicks the door in and tries to take a step in my house, that's when I shot him and he ran off. Something just came over me and like I got calm, like my heart slowed down and I got calm and I just got focused. Deputies were on scene right away, arresting him and a woman outside. This mother says the incident has left her kids scared, but she's thankful she had protection. Because if I didn't have any kind of weapons, I don't know what I would have did. I mean, that guy was kind of big. So I wouldn't have been able to fight him off. I've never thought I would have to shoot that gun, ever. The next time that somebody tells you you don't need a gun, you take this story and you shove it in their face. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, mm-hmm. how could the police have been able to help? Mm-mm. Unless she was, even if she was across the street from the police department, there is no, these stories make me angry when we, when we hear people say, well, you don't need a gun. Depend on the police. They'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. The police are awesome, but they can't be everywhere in the immediacy of when we need them. This story just gives me chills, and I'm so thankful for to have the video, to have the audio, to be able to share with people because it's too easy for people to just cast it aside. Oh, no, just call the police. You're good. You're a mom. Moms demand action. Moms don't have guns. You're irresponsible if you have a gun in the house and children. That's the reason that so many of us have guns in the home is to protect our children all right we'll take a breath (laughs) i don't know if i can i'm angry right now and now it's time for dan's commentary (sighs) there you go the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows it's a very mean and nasty place and i don't care how tough you are it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it you can't beat free The way our system is working now is, don't worry, you can have it for free. Just vote for us and it's yours. Mm. There was a song in the 1990s that uh, sang, freedom isn't free, it's a buck (laughs) oh five. And it's true. Remember that song? It's it's true. Not the buck oh five, but freedom isn't free. Mm -hmm. For those who vote for the 
get things free system, you get things free, but at a cost. What is that cost? It's freedom itself. Hmm. You are being controlled. Mm. Want a free phone? Want free food stamps? Want free transportation? Free rent? Free medical? Vote for us. We will enable you, teach you not to work, and teach you depend on the government to help you. Hmm. So if you truly want to be free, then get off your butt, get a job, and tell your politician to stop using your money to help give free stuff to those not willing to work. You did get fired up. I don't know if that was a commentary or not. That was calm. It was calm. <laughs> well, you know, so this is not to discount people that truly, you know, have needs and they can't work. They're physically incapable of working or something like that. That That isn't what you're talking about. Is no, it? absolutely not. There's a time to help people, but mm-hmm. there's a there is a limit to that time. People need to be trained to get off of their butt and work. Absolutely. You know, we had an instance just recently where one of our one of the people that we hired about three months ago mm-hmm. did something terrible. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is absolutely I'm not even going to discuss it with you, but it was really bad. They knew what they did was bad. It wasn't against the law. It wasn't against the law. It had nothing to do with guns. Right. Had to do on the auction side. And I'm going to go no further with that. But I fired them instantly as soon as I had found out. Mm-hmm. Instantly. Mm-hmm. No excuse. Gone. Right. Three days later, I get an unemployment notice that she's collecting unemployment. Hmm. He or she is collecting unemployment. Mm-hmm. And it's like, did you even go try to get another job? Did you even, you know, mm-hmm. why do you think you should get mm-hmm. unemployment? You worked three months for us. You broke the rules. Right. And now we're going to give you free stuff. Yep. Ugh! <laughs> That's all. Yeah, that wasn't calm. I'm I'm uh, 63 years old and never on employment. Right. And I've been out of work. Right. You I and I have both been fired at different times in yeah. our life before we were self-employed and let go and downsized and those kinds of things. And I remember uh, when it happened to me and I was young, I think I was 18, we had just gotten married and I called you and I was crying. They let me go today. And he goes, and where are you right? You you said, Dan, where are you right now? And I said, well, I came home. And he goes, what are you doing at home? Why aren't you out looking for a job? Right. And I was like, oh, yes, that's right. I'm drying my tears. I'm getting back out there. I can cry later. And it was one of the best life lessons ever. I loved that. Right. I have a real quick one, too. I got I got laid off from one of my jobs or mm-hmm. fired or however you want to mm-hmm. do. I was four, four years, major company. I got fired laid off went on the way home i rented a building and started a business then came home and told cheryl i lost my job but here's the good news we're starting a business that is a true story oh my goodness we have had an interesting life all right well we i just want to thank everybody our tech crew our listeners our guests amazing people thank you so much and until next time pray for our nation pray for our leaders we just had an election. It's going to be, I have to sort this out. So mm, <laughs> all maybe. of them. No, Dan, that's probably not going to happen. All of them, even the ones you don't like. Okay. Especially the ones you don't like. Be all good right. to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Our founding fathers 
Here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey gang, this is Masad Ayub from the Pro Arms Podcast. I'm here to remind you that our podcast is a member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. And I'm going to suggest you do what we do and check out the other podcasts at selfdefenseradio.net.